Your touch, please. Welcome into another episode of Yap Chicago. We appreciate you hitting play on wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at Yap Chicago underscore or on Instagram at Yap Chicago. Don't forget to call us and leave us a message if you'd like. 312 985 6006 is the line. This episode is always brought to you by Tribe Coffee Co. Light Roast, Dark Roast, Decaf, Espresso. Don't miss out on the smooth, bold, rich flavors of Tribe Coffee. Visit tribecoffeeco.com. Use promo code YAPSHY at checkout for 10% off of your order. Joining you once again, I am your host, Edgar Perez, sitting aside, alongside, I should say, Lee's, and of course, Michael Bowling, who made his return a while ago now. Uh, boys, I'm just going to, it's 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 crazy because we, we obviously didn't have a show last week and, you know, shit happens. We're, we're, we're busy people, but uh, in, in planning today's show, literally a couple hours before even hopping on, shit hit the fan in the NFL. <laughs> Yeah. Shit hit the fan NFL to, to, to uh, I don't want to say to put it lightly, but it's what happened. News broke in the NFL. Brian Flores is suing the NFL alongside the Giants, the Broncos, and the Dolphins. Dolphins. And the Dolphins. Uh, for pretty much what we all kind of know is going on in the NFL, and he's feels like he's sacrificing his career to draw more attention of it and the uh, systemic racism that's going on in, in the NFL. And news is flying quick all over the place uh a 50 something page lawsuit is out lees i know we talked about in the group chat you read through a lot of it bowling you have a lot of thoughts i mean where do we even begin with this stuff well where i want to begin is the statement that uh brian flores made and i'll read it in full in quote or to start the quote god has gifted me with a special talent to coach the game of football but the need for change is bigger than my personal goals in making the decision to file the class action complaint, I understand that I may be risking coaching the game I love. That is so powerful, but so sad, in my opinion. Um, you know, I think the last few years we've gone through a lot of uprising, I guess I'll say, on the, the systemic racism um, in this country that's been gone on forever. And for me, an African-American male who works in the sports industry, um, I was fucking hurt today, man. Like, this shit sucks. And, and it's, a, it's a situation that has been going on for a long time. I have a lot of respect for Brian Flores. I think on this show we talked a lot about how crazy we thought the Dolphins were for letting him go and, and hopefully him being at the top of the list for the Bears head coaching vacancy and now we're starting to see a lot of those skeletons come out of the closet. And I know there's a lot to talk through and I know there's a lot to, to go through, but I really choose to start there because I think it's really powerful for someone like him in his situation of his prominence to really kind of put his toes on the ledge like this for the greater good. Um, you know, th- there's a lot that gets said. There's not a lot that gets done, but, you know, the NFL, I think, is probably the most powerful entity in the country when you talk about eyeballs and just awareness. It's as high level as it gets. So 
my first initial thought here was hopefully this is going to open up people's eyes, not just in the sports world, but in everyday life. You know, I think both all three of us could probably pinpoint moments in our career where we probably felt more qualified than other people in positions that got the jobs that we were trying to get. And, you know, I'm not trying to make this, you know, a pity party or something, but it's real. And, you know, if this is happening at the highest level of the NFL of football in the NFL, imagine how much this is happening at accounting firms and marketing agencies and places like that, where minorities, um, you know, people in the LGBTQIA community are not getting the same kind of shot that a lot of, you know, white people are probably getting. So I'm going to pass it to Lee's. I know he's got a lot of thoughts too, but, you know, today was a day that obviously no one was expecting this, but on the first day of Black History Month, it's it's pretty powerful for Brian Flores to come out with this class action suit. And I really hope a lot of people, his peers, players, hop on board so we can really hopefully see some change here soon. And you know what, you, you really hit the nail on the head where you said that it's poignant that the fact that he actually waited for February 1st to do this. And I think that there was purpose behind it. Um, he waited, I believe, until February 1st so it could be part of Black history. It was actually part of his speech um, at the beginning intro. Uh, so I'm now the legal reporter for uh, Yak Chicago but uh, because, I, because I read the lawsuit. But in the in the beginning of the intro portion, it does bring up uh, heroes like Martin Luther King, Harriet Tubman, Malcolm X, things of that na- uh, people of that nature, in which they helped move this country along. He actually said, like you stated, he is actually giving up his dream of being a coach more than likely for the greater good of the NFL, really, of hopefully the world, because honestly, this is happening everywhere. I'm sure that we've all seen it. Um, we've seen as well as a, in, in the NFL, it's not only a white thing, but also the fact that it's very family oriented in which if one person was a, a head coach, their son is more likely to be a head coach than anyone else, things of that nature. And if you look at the history of the NFL, it's mostly white people that are in the leadership positions. So that leads you to believe in the future, it's also going to be mostly white people that are going to be in those leadership positions because of the nature of the NFL and all of the history that they've had. Um, I I sent a text before we even started talking about the podcast and I said, we're basically going to scrap everything today, right? Like this is going to be what, like the meat of what we're going to talk about. And it's not only because it's such a big, profile thing that's happening against the NFL, but it's, it's like, it's something that affects everyone really uh, when you look at a big picture and it's the fact that Brian Flores had to go out, put his, his neck on the line to be able to do this. It fucking blows to hear that because he is a good coach. It's since 2003, the dolphins have not had a back-to-back winning seasons until he was the coach and then they fired him. So there was actually statistics that were also being shown on the lawsuit in which it states black head coaches are on average 3.5 times more likely to get fired for the same record as white coaches. There have been only 17 black head coaches in the history of the NFL. Four of them have gotten fired after a winning season. 
so in comparison, 23% of black head coaches have been fired after a winning record. In comparison, 6.9% of white coaches have been fired after a winning a season. That's 12 out of 174 compared to 4 out of 17. How the fuck? Like, and this is, we, we I, I brought up the fact in our text message thread that it makes so much more sense now because of the first thing we said was Brian Flores is going to be the first head coach that gets hired, right? Because yep. he he made the Dolphins so much better. It looked like he was actually building a culture. And you know what? I still believe that, even though he has no chance of getting a head coaching job now. But he is the type of person that you want leading your team, right? He's willing to put his neck out on the line for the greater good. He's willing to stand up against authority. He's willing to really back up his word and say, you know what, this is what I believe in. Um, there's parts of the lawsuit that we'll definitely dive deeper into um, that I, I actually think are going to be the harder hitting points, and that's the unfortunate part as well. It's There's going to be other things that are part of this lawsuit in which are going to overshadow the racist, racist part, and that's going to be what's you know delved on for the lawsuit portion which really fucking sucks because there are a ton of other people that are getting affected. Uh, David Cauley from the Houston Texans gets fired after winning four games this year when they were expected to win like one. Um, Eric Bieniemy hasn't gotten hired. And these people were actually named in the lawsuit as examples of racism. Jim Caldwell, we brought him up. We, I actually brought him up last podcast where I was like, shitty organizations fire people thinking that they deserve better. Jim Caldwell got fired from the fucking... Detroit Lions after a winning season and where the fuck have they been since then? But it, it's, it's just nuts. There's so much when it comes to this lawsuit, it's, it's like mind boggling how much time this is going to take, how much effort and everything. Uh, but remember on the back of the helmets, it says unracism boys. So we're good. <laughs> yeah. It's just an, uh, another stain on the NFL and it just goes to show you how, deep it goes into the into the system right into the nfl and all the teams and ownerships because teams love to preach you know integrity and hard work and all this stuff and here you have an owner offering him a hundred a hundred thousand dollars per loss because he wants them to tank like that that stuff like that it just it just rubs me the wrong way because it's it's it, it it obviously shines a light on it being you know the good old boys club as as the expression we like to call it because it's it's friends hiring their friends it's hey do me a solid and the minute that you go against it you're labeled as a problem you know and that's essentially what the the Miami Dolphins labeled Brian Flores as you know he was hard to work with he uh, he just he was just unapproachable he's like or he was the actually only the the only person there with some integrity and said, no, I will not take your extra money to lose. I'm here to build a culture. I'm here to lead this team and I'm here to win football games. This is what you brought me here to do. And teams are now showing their hand. Well, more specifically, the Miami Dolphins owner are, are showing their hands into, into what's really going on. And, Lise, you said it right. Like, this is a, a man of, of, an, of real integrity, a, a person that you do want leading your team and it just sucks like you said that he's you know for lack of a better term the sacrificial lamb in this situation and it's i'm in a weird i get caught up in this weird spot because it's it's not surprising right uh it it, it is it does get you mad 
but it's not surprising at this point. And, and it's, it goes to show how bad and, and how deep these problems go. If for, to some extent, like you kind of feel numb to it, but I, I don't like to use that word because it makes it feel like when you're numb, you just, you don't care. Right. But I think I'm just, I think bowling, I think you've said it one time. I'm just tired, man. I'm tired of reading stories like this. I'm tired of seeing constant examples year after year of, of teams, of, of coordinators, of, of ex-coaches that aren't getting their fair shake. And the ruling really rule is not enough. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's. I don't know what the NFL is, is going to do. I don't even think they're going to do anything because they already put out a statement defending themselves. Now, uh, all these claims that Brian uh, Flores had, you know, this – we, we don't believe it. What, what they should have just said was we read the lawsuit. We're going to conduct our own investigation. But no, they, they didn't even do that. They already stepped in front of it and started deflecting any of these allegations. So what's going to happen from this overall from the NFL? I, I hope it's something, but it's 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 exhausting to, 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 to think and continue to read this stuff and you're right, bully. It's not just the NFL. We we it's tiring because we we see this not just the NFL. It's tiring and exhausting because we see this everywhere, everywhere. I'm sure we'll have other conversations on and off air if we'd like to share of of situations that we've been in when we've experienced directly that kind of stuff. And it's tough, man. It's tough when 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 you're putting in the work when you're doing what you're supposed to do, and either you get passed up or someone tells you. Nah, that's not really what we're doing anymore. So we can't really, you know, promote you to this or give you that or 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 move you over here. And it's it's that's just infuriating. And some of the stuff with that came out with this with uh, like obviously with the um, with the situation with the Denver Broncos, where Brian Flores says in his in the lawsuit that John Elway and the Broncos executive showed up to the interview late. And they were obviously disheveled and just hung over because he heard that they were just out drinking the night before. And it it goes to show that a, a lot of these interviews, a lot of these coaches that get brought in, they're just like the token interviews, just so just so they can say that they abided by the Rooney rule. And it's it's embarrassing on the team and it's embarrassing in the league that they said, Oh, well, we put the Rooney rule in place. That should be enough, right? It's not. It's not. The Absolutely NFL, not. No, the NFL needs to come up with a, a, a some way where I, I don't know what it is. I'm not in that position, but it kind of doesn't make sense that you're able to hire a head coach before a general manager. I, I, to me, that has to play some part in the hiring process where a team needs to get a general manager first before they hire a head coach. I'll say this about the, the Rooney rule. It's fucking bullshit is what it is. Completely. And truthfully... The yep. way that it's been executed and carried out, they should have never put the rule in place in the beginning because it's more of a slap in the face now than it was in the past. I mean, at least before it was like, we're just going to fly in the face of fucking racism and we're just not going to talk to these people. I would rather, I've always said this in many, in many avenues of life, I'd rather lose by a thousand than lose by one. Like, don't fucking bring me into the goddamn interview just because. Like, if yeah. I don't have a chance to get the job, don't bring me in. Don't waste my time. Don't fuck with me because Brian Flores has worked his entire life to get to this point. He worked for Bill Belichick. If that person can't get a job, who the fuck's getting a job? And fucking fuck Bill Belichick too for, I mean, 
somebody and Lisa, I know you have your your theory, but conspiracy like, theory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we'll the text message thread is what's is what really sets this off, right? That's the smoking gun. Yeah, because if you text someone, it's you know coincidence they have the same name. So this is part of the conspiracy, right? Like Belichick made the mistake, but either way, the 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 point is. He sends a text three days before he interviews and tells him congrats. And then he replies later and says, oh, I fucked up. It sounds like they have the job lined up for Brian, for Dable. So three days prior to Brian Flores getting his interview, they've already made their mind up. But what they have to do with the Rooney rule is, man, let's bring in Brian, you know, and like, I listen, I love the Bears as much as anyone. And I, I, I don't think that they're absolved of any of this because if you think about it you might as well get him out of the way in the beginning so that you could talk to whoever you really like and And so you know the the other part like when you look you know internally you look right here we talked about jim caldwell everybody in chicago loves lovey smith and he got fired after a 10 and 6 season i don't think there's racism involved but the numbers that you provided lees make it very obvious that these African-American coaches with great resumes, resumes sometimes better than their counterparts, do not get a fair chance to either get the job or keep the job. And until that changes, we're going to be in the same cycle. And I think, you know, Edgar, you make a good point. At what point do we see the change? Like, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, and I've talked about it at length. Like, this shit used to make me angry, and now it's just like I'm exhausted, man. Like, I'm so tired of opening my phone one day and being like, shit, now the second half of my day is ruined because of the same old nonsense. Like, that's why I commend Brian Flores for what he's doing, because he really is trying to shine the biggest light on the biggest stage. We're fucking nine days away from the Super Bowl. This is supposed to be the NFL's quiet week where they can give everybody their accolades and, you know, announce these new hires. But, like, he said, fuck that. I'm going to blow the whole shit up. And these questions are going to be asked to the players when they're made available to the media which is amazing. So when these players start talking about it and they mobilize and they plan to take a knee or whatever, all the fucking Twitter bots are coming back out and it's going to be a black eye for the NFL. And I think they deserve it. And I'm glad it's happening. And you know what? You you hit two super important points. One of them is um, the fact that they're not held to the same standard. And that's actually part of the lawsuit as well. They even have quotes from like the vice president of like, uh, NFL PA saying, uh, or from the NFL, uh, Troy Vincent, uh, a former DB, he actually said that they're not held to the same standard. They actually have to do like 130% more than what a white coach has to do just to be able to keep their job or have a chance to be able to even, you know, be looked at in a real way. Um, the other thing that you guys brought up is the fact the Rooney rule is a fucking sham. Like you said, they're just bringing people in so that they can hit their requirements, get them the fuck out. Um, personally, unfortunately, I actually think that's why Jim Caldwell was brought up this year because I think Eric the enemy was honestly like, fuck you guys. You guys are just bringing me in for bullshit interviews. I'm not going to do that anymore. I honestly think that now with everything that's coming to light. Because we brought her up last podcast. We asked, hey, how many interviews has Eric Bieniemy had this year? I think it was like one, right? Beforehand, it would be like every open position he would interview for. I honestly think he hit that point 
Kind of like you said, Bowling, he's just fucking tired of it. He doesn't want to deal with it. How do you get a, a text message from Bill Belichick a few days before you even meet with the people that own the Giants saying, hey, they already think that you got the position? That means they already have in their head before they sit down with anyone, before they have an interview. This is the shitty part. Brian Flores then on January 26th had to go to a dinner with the owner of the New York Giants. And then on the 27th had to have an interview that he knew was bullshit because he already knew that they were going to offer it to Dable. He had to basically both two days bite his tongue. I'm surprised, like, if I were in that situation, I would not be that pleasant, G. <laughs> like, honestly, if I knew I that you, you, go, were, you, you, like, you, you're, you know that you're being used just to be able to get that requirement out the way. Right. Like, in your head, you're thinking it, right? And now you kind of have proof of it. And it fucking sucks. It's it's a fucking blow to just working hard to getting to going through life and being able to do the right things. And I, the thing that I always used to love talking about sports, and this is this is where I like kind of uh, make sports cartoonish because there's great stories. There's stories that you actually pitch to movie companies and they're going to be like, that's two on the head. There's no fucking way that's possible that that's going to happen. But in sports, it happens all the time, right? I always thought it was a meritocracy. You earn your spot and that's what you end up getting. That's what you end up keeping. And the older we get, we know that it's not that way. You'd see, like we said, family bringing up their sons, Steve Belichick out here doing weird tongue stuff on the sideline. (laughs) Um, But it it really tarnishes sports. It really tarnishes your belief in, like, humans, honestly. And then the fucked up part is this. Twinkie, you said 100K for every loss. That is going to be the part that gets blown out. It's yeah. going to be the fact that the NFL is now partnering with all these gambling websites. Gambling is becoming so much more prevalent and legal. If you have an owner that is telling you to lose games on purpose, that part is going to be insanely bigger for the lawsuit, unfortunately, and that's the fucked up part, than the actual racism. That's going to be the part that's going to be scrutinized. That's going to be the part that everyone's going to remember. That's going to be the part that everyone, or I shouldn't say that everyone's going to remember, but in the legal realm that they're going to mm-hmm. actually like tie their wagons behind. So that's... It's fucked up, you know? It's 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 crazy that that's going to be the thing. That's yeah. going to be the smoking gun. More the gonna, fact that they try to gonna, lose. More is going to come out of that 100K situation than the actual racism. More, something else is going to happen because of the 100K. Like, I don't know if, the, I don't know if they forced the Miami ownership to now sell their team. Because uh, now you're just battling, like, integrity stuff uh, competition-wise, like, I don't know. We saw that with the Clippers when, when they had to sell off their team. That was directly tied to racism. But this is, like you said, Lee's like, the, does this league care more about that? Or because it wasn't the, the, the Dolphins ownership, you know, going on a racist ranch or anything like that. It was just offering money for losses. Like you're just sabotaging the team, the integrity of the league. And yeah, because of that, that might lead to them having to address that and sell the team. Who knows? I wonder. I wonder if the uh, the owner of the Arizona Cardinals was asking Cliff Kingsbury to throw games because they fucking suck down the stretch. 
but I'm sure that white coach wasn't asked, go blow the game for 100K because his so, development is not linear to uh, Brian Flores' development. His ascension mm-hmm. as a coach is completely different. And that's just really how I feel. Like you wouldn't ask, like you couldn't come to me and ask me, do your job shitty for $100,000. Like it's, it's one-time payment in a, in a short season where you're trying really hard to get a draft pick. Fuck that. Cause you're going to ruin the rest of my career. And I believe yeah. that Brian Flores was like, man, I can't do that. That's what also they tried to get him to do tampering when they were trying to sign Tom Brady, go on this fucking boat and eat dinner with him and off the coast of who gives a fuck. Like, and then if he gets caught with that and they talk all this shit, now Brian Flores is the bad guy. Think about how many stories we've heard over the last few years about how Brian Flores is hard to work with and, you know, he has two his, – his opinions rub players the wrong way. Like, I haven't heard any of his players come out and be like, yo, this guy's a jackass. You're hearing that from the people in the front office at the Dolphins who are just carrying water for Stephen Ross and from the fucking writers and insiders who are carrying water for this league. No, no player has said anything wrong about Brian Flores. Now, if this was Bill Belichick and people were accusing him of this shit, could you imagine what the outcry would be like? Like, people would be jumping off the sides of buildings to defend Bill Belichick. They were trying to defend him for Deflategate. And we're just talking about deflated footballs. We're talking about an owner offering a head coach $100,000 to throw games. What does that look like, bro? Like, Pete Rosen in the fucking Hall of Fame because he bet on one game. And he got 4,000-plus hits. Yeah, Like, so this the- shit is so crazy to me. Yeah, the, the the only upside that would come from that is if they, if they made him sell the team. And part of the issue is leadership, starting from the top. Ownership. There are no black owners in the NFL. Zero. So if you were to sell the Miami team, and the Denver uh, Broncos are actually up for sale as well, too, it looks like. If you made a push where it was minority, if it you know if it was like even, you offer four billion, you offer four billion, it goes to the minority team. I'd be okay with that, honestly. And it, the reason I say that is because it starts from the top. If you have more minority owners, they're more than more likely to. I am assuming because I like we said, you're going to bring people that you know and feel comfortable with. Um, you know, like you said, the good boy club where, you know what, I'm going to bring my boys in and they're going to get a job. If you actually get people that are minorities to own the team, I do believe that there will be more GM positions, head coach positions that get filled. Um, unfortunately, like how can you really regulate that to say, Hey, you have to sell this to a minority like owner. You get me like that. Yeah, that's that's where the upside is there. But and then the other shitty thing is that you already know people are going to talk shit. There's going to be like one or two black head coaches that get hired from now on this year, I would assume, just so that it could be like, hey, try to save face, you know. Uh, And this is the shitty part. There's going to be certain people that are going to be like they didn't deserve that job. It could be Eric Bieniemy who has led the Kansas City Chiefs offense to be good as fuck for how long now? Third highest scoring uh, offense, I believe, two, three years ago, all time. 
but Cliff Kingsbury, after fucking failing in college, deserves to get a head coaching job. Hey, this is gonna it. be an anti. This is gonna be an anti Cliff Kingsbury fucking podcast, right? <laughs> it already is, man. He ruined my whiskey picks already, so he's definitely dead to me. Yeah, with the ownership stuff, I guess it had to be like you said, Lee's. It, it's hard to say, like, hey, we're only going to sell this team to minority ownership because, in all fairness, you can't do that either. But it would have to take because obviously some like rich billionaire is going to come swoop in and try to you know, just purchase a team. It'll have to just hope. We hope that like some ownership group gets together and, you know, they fucking combine forces and just literally outbid everybody and just make it so undeniable where you have to sell it to someone. And uh, I mean, it, it'll be good for the league. <laughs> it's weird to say that. Cause it's like, would it, would it be enough? No, because we, we that's one out of 32, right? One out of 32. I think, I think, uh, you know, we, we we definitely need more uh, minority ownership in the league, and yeah, like you said, it, it is a trickle down effect, right? But I mean, there's still one, what one, two, three, four, five head coach openings still available, and you said Lee's, like, yeah, un- unfortunately, someone's gonna get it, and someone's gonna say that they don't deserve that, that there was just, you know, a fallout of the Brian Flores stuff. Maybe Benjamin now gets an interview, right? Maybe Leslie Frazier actually gets brought in and is in serious contention for for a job. Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich, has that been made official with the Jaguars? There was rumors at some point that there was, and now you haven't heard a peep from it, right? Oh, you want to know why? Because he wanted control and he wanted the some guy in the front office that always rubbed people the wrong way out of there. So it's no deal. I don't know if they've readjusted, but that isn't official news. I mean, like, let's think of the fallout. Let's let's say you're Eric Bieniemy. Why would you take an interview after all of this now? Like, I would have to wait till the next cycle. Because, honestly, I would I would be so upset if I was just hired just to be hired. Yeah, like, we- we're not asking – we're not asking for us to be just given jobs. Like, I don't think I was given any job that I've ever gotten. I've had to work my ass off, just like everybody else. So don't just give me the job. If I'm deserving of it and I'm qualified, I deserve the job. Like, and you're right, Lee's, it's going to happen. Somebody's going to pull the trigger. But, like, who on earth is going to want to go coach the Dolphins? Like, imagine that. Who who would want to, like, go there and do it? Somebody's got to want some money, right? It's going to happen. They're going to fill the position. But after this, it's like, if that guy's still owning the team, how could you, like, get up every morning and be like, yeah, I'm so proud to coach the Miami Dolphins? And for the fucking sake of it, Miami's a fucking dog shit sports city anyway. So, like, why would you want to go do that? I mean, like, I went to the college football playoff game, and there was fucking tickets all over the place. Why? Because nobody gives a fuck about sports there. So you're going to a shitty sports city where the best team you have in town is a basketball team that only succeeded when LeBron James was there. And you got South Beach. You got some good strip clubs. You got some restaurants and a racist owner that you have to work for every day. Don't sound like fun to me. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, man. It's uh <laughs> it's it's tiring. It's not even eye opening. It's just so blatant at this point the way that the, that it's being done. Um but I did want to bring up my theory for uh Bill Belichick. I do think and this that is good. He, and this is I good. do I do think that he did it on purpose to tell Brian Flores so you can have written proof that they already had someone hired before actually interviewing him. 
I think Brian Flores is one of his boys. And he was just like, yo, this is fucked up. And it's the New York Giants. <laughs> the team that took two Super Bowls from him. The team that took his perfect season away from him. What a greater fuck you to them than just tanking the entire are franchise. Saying, are you saying he played the long game? Because if so, this <laughs> motherfucker is a genius, man. You, he got to be the fucking smartest guy in the world. You, so, you know how people always say, like, Bill Belichick knew that was going to happen? He's been planning this for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did he have an, an old person moment where he confused the Bryans? Or did he misread whatever source he was talking to when they told him that they were going to hire a Brian Blink? I think it was probably the, the, the former. I would think he just had an old person moment. I don't think that he does anything tech savvy on his own. Like if it, he's got to have somebody run his. He threw in some exclamation message. points, which was kind of odd because I was like, you don't strike me as a kind of get excited about stuff, Bill, unless yeah, it's like winning a championship. Him. And that was like as soon as the clock hits zero on a Super Bowl game, you're like, yeah. Then he's like, we're on to the offseason. <laughs> but that's my thing. That's the reason I think he did it on purpose. I don't think he was a person that was actually physically texting. So I think that he told the person, hey, can you tell Brian Flores? Blah, blah, blah. You get me? That's, that's an interesting theory. Um I'm not going to shut it down because I think weirder things have happened, but you you got to think if, I don't know, I, the, the Bill Belichick involvement really feels like the, the, the important thing to look at here. Whether it was intentional or not, they were not going to give Brian Flores the fair chance. And the, the painful thing for, like you mentioned, that dinner, like, you have to go there and smile just in case. But you know, like, you've already seen it. Like, that's the most awkward thing. Can you imagine going on a I date with a girl it, that she told your best friend? Yeah, I'm not fucking with him, but I'm just trying to get some dinner. Like, it happens every week. Somebody's doing it every <laughs> oh, yeah. week. Like, yeah. if you knew in your head, you wouldn't pull up to that damn date. You'd stand her up. But you or, have to do it. I, if I were Brian Flores, I'd be like, can I get a bottle of 1942? run up the bill i want the tomahawk poppy steak with all the salt let me get uh, a whole bottle of 42 uh just with one glass uh (laughs) oh you guys want some you you guys wanted some and then just be like hey i gotta go to the bathroom i'll be right back and just dip just fucking dip and then come back with the lawsuit and be like here you go swing the tomahawk over your shoulder and just walk out (laughs) you point at the bottle of 42 like can i get this to go just put it in a to-go cup please yeah yeah i got to-go cups nowadays with uh covid and whatnot (laughs) (laughs) exactly oh man it's it sucks man it generates this kind of bad emotion bad feelings and we laugh, but we have this look of exhaustion on our faces where it's just like, again. And you're right, Lisa. I've heard that, too, before in the past, not just in reference to the NFL stats that you said, but, like, in, in overall, minorities have to work way harder just to get the same amount of attention as their white counterparts. And it sucks. And we've, we've honestly, that, That's something I grew up with, honestly. My, my dad used to always tell me you have to work twice yeah. as hard as the person next to you because – they're more likely to give it to him or her than, oh, yeah. than you. Um, you and that was the mindset that I, that I was given. But yep. it's, it, it sucks. 
You got to make it so undeniable that you're qualified for said position that, you know, that they can't not give it you to have you. To be, you have to be overqualified just so and you even can then, even have a chance. And even then you're a little, yeah, yeah even then you're a little worried. You're, you're wondering, are you going to get a fair shot? Yeah, one of the things that used to stick with me is I would go into interviews for random shit and I would talk to people and colleagues and peers and they would say, man, Mike, you're just so well put together and you, you know, you speak so eloquently and all of this. And I'm like, why do I keep hearing this? And it's just like so annoying. Yeah. Why is that something you point out? Right. And it's like, oh, I get it. The older I get, I don't sound like what you assume I should sound like or what people, other people that look like me sound like. So when you talk about being double, you know, two times as good just to get a foot in the door, it's true. And that has oh, yeah. been my foot in the door. But I got friends that will fucking pull up to your house. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's 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 what really hurts about a lot of this is because I was lucky enough to have parents who could provide, you know, good teaching, put me in Catholic school, help me go to Catholic college, like all of that. Like, that helps me exponentially. But then when I get to the point, I still have to be two times as good for a chance. And like, you know, we've talked about it at length already. Like it's not a matter of being angry anymore. It's just like, I'm so tired of it. Like the idea, every time I have to tweet, I'm not surprised. It just chips off a little, another piece of just like my heart, you know, like it sucks because we do this. We will have this podcast again in, six months or a year. And we're going to be talking about something very similar and nothing has changed. And I think maybe it's unfair to say that because of a lot of strides we've taken over the last couple of years. I think that there's a lot of people whose eyes have opened up to a lot of this, um, but we're not going to get any real changes until like you guys say, the changes come from the top. We, we don't have enough, leaders and we've not been afforded enough opportunities to lead in those positions for there to be real systemic change. And it's disheartening. And, you know, we can only just let our frustrations out on nights like this, go to bed and hope for the best the next day. And, you know, that that's why I feel so tired because we know that this shit's coming back around. We just don't know when it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. And you said next year, we're going to have this discussion probably with a different story. Three and a half months ago, John Gruner was fired for racist emails. It's not even about a yearly thing. It's like a quarterly thing now. Like, and it, it, it's mind blowing. The fact that they just got over that. And if, and if somebody didn't share those emails, he'd still be coaching. Yeah. yeah. He got That's a true. 10 year, hundred million dollar deal. So that means for a 10 year span, you're going to make the most money out of everyone and that was after a lot of those things had come out. That that those racist emails didn't happen at the Raiders. There were racist emails for the Raiders. That should happen when he was working as an analyst uh, on Monday Night Football at ESPN. That was years prior. So it's not like people didn't know what what time it was with him. And that's you know we talk about the good old boys club. Why were we all so we were all tripping when they're like Bill Polian's going to help? conduct this search the uh, defensive coordinator from the Colts is here and now maybe he didn't want him because he wanted 
uh, an offensive guy, but it's not like we talked to all the, the right candidates. That's for damn sure. But I'm confident now after hearing Ryan Pohl speak, and I know we haven't even talked about that, like that guy seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. So now we just need the other people that have been at the top, Ted, George, all of them, to really just get get out the way. And we talked about that when we were kind of, you know, aiming for the stars with what these GMs can do for us. Now is the time to really just stand on your shit and get out the way and let him take over. Because I hate, I would hate to have a story like this come out about a team that I love. You know, I, we haven't talked much about the Blackhawks, and this is a little off topic, but I, I can't root for the Blackhawks like I used to. It's terrible. Like, I would hate for that to come out about a team that, that I really love like that. So we just – I mean, I, I hope that putting – you know, it, it's an example, right? You put a 36-year-old African-American in a position to, to run and lead an organization like the Bears, hopefully we're making positive changes. But like anything in this life, you know, you can't really rely on it because, like you said, Lise, we might be talking about this in three months. Yeah, and – with the whole thing with Ryan Poles, I know um, we, and I'm not trying to like completely switch subjects, but that's a, that's actually the reason why Byron Leftwich, I believe that's the reason he hasn't agreed with the Jaguars. So they still have a GM, um, Balky, I believe is his name. And he wants to bring Adrian Wilson, who's a former DB from the Cardinals, he wants to bring him as the GM because he's actually been in the Cardinals like scouting department and their front office room, everything. And yet he hasn't even gotten an opportunity to become a GM. And Byron Leftwich is telling you, Hey, I'll go. I'm actually willing to go to my former team, become the head coach. He, I'm pretty sure he's picked up a few things from Tom Brady the past few years. Um, he was a smart, heady QB when he was actually in the league because that boy was slow as fuck, man. He was he was fat as shit. Like, uh, <laughs> not shaming anybody, uh, but, you know. Not shaming. <laughs> Just but he, 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 I think that's, that's what you have to do. You have to bring it where, hey, we're going to be going in this together. I'm going to be the head coach. This is going to be my GM, and we're going to ride through this together. If he goes there as the head coach and they already have a GM and he has a couple fucked up seasons, maybe one, he might just get fired after that one season. Yep. It's very true. And it's not like he's not a, the one of the most recognizable Jacksonville Jaguars of all time. He was their best quarterback ever probably. I mean, we're, not, we're not talking about Blake Bortles. So right. how, how could you – if you were attached to the team at that time, how could you not – listen to the guy you want to lead you back to, to prominence. If he says, you know, it, the, the, the GM for the Giants now came from Buffalo, who's the head coach, the Buffalo offensive coordinator. You don't think there's like good old boy shit going on there? For sure there is. So why not listen? Like, I, that's the story I want to hear. Byron Leftwich says, I want this guy. It's happening with the, it's happening with the Vikings. The Vikings um, hire uh, Adolfo Mensa. He was a player for Jim Harbaugh. Now who's going to Minnesota tomorrow to interview, and he's just going to take the job. But this, is, this to me feels like 
if Brian, Byron Leftwich wants this guy, he should be able to have him. Because what, how are you going to put this person in the best position to succeed? Comfortable. Don't make him feel like he's got to look over his shoulder all the time. And you've already spit out all the data. He knows the numbers too, I'm sure. If the owner or the GM is a person that he, he can't really get on the same page with, every time they lose a game, he's going to be like, damn, my time is ticking. And you can't do your job right, well that way. I don't think so, at least. Uh, you, you can't go forward if you're looking behind your back thinking that they're going to grim reap your ass if you have, like, one. You know what? You can even have good seasons, like we're saying with Brian Flores, but the fact that he didn't want to break the rules. He wanted to play ball. The fact that. Yeah, he don't want to. He don't want to play the politics of it. Yep. And yet, he ends up getting fired for it. And um, it sucks too because you know this is going to bring out people that are going to talk shit about the Colin Kaepernick situation, um, like Hubarkish. Exactly. <laughs> and the fact that they're 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 going to believe that this is just like a publicity stunt, and that they're just trying to do these lawsuits to be able to put their name out and have profile. I mean, even back then, I would have arguments with people. There's no fucking way there's 32 better quarterbacks than Colin Kaepernick. There's no fucking way there's 64 quarterbacks if you're even giving him a backup position. You have quotes from Pete Carroll saying he's a starter in the NFL. That is the reason that we did not sign him, because we already have a starter. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you'd rather rock with Geno Smith? Like, come yeah, on, man. Sure. <laughs> but it's all nonsense. And the, and the crazy thing, Lee, is that you bring that up for years, these things get said on national television and no one does anything. Like, you listen to it in public and people just continue on with their day. And that's why I really respect Brian Flores for putting yeah. out this clash a- action lawsuit, making a statement, and then he's going on, you know, CBS Morning tomorrow with his lawyers. Like, he's not retreating. He's all in, ten toes in on this. And I appreciate the fact that he's putting his whole career on the line because he's seen enough. It's a good exercise for us and whoever's listening and our friends and whatever. Like, you know, is there anything we can do? What can we do more? And, like, in our positions, we can't really do a lot. But, like, it shows that when you do put your name on it, it's a possibility that things could come from it. So it's inspir- it's inspiring, really. Yeah. And and you know, I'm a big I'm a bigger fan of his today than I ever was. What we can do, and this is an expression that I've heard Lawrence Holmes say in the past, pull up as you climb. Or I'm sorry if I'm butchering that statement, but <laughs> the it's, yeah. it's an issue like if if you're getting opportunities to advance and get higher positions and you we all recognize, you know, talented people and if they're not getting a fair shot, bring them with you. You know, help them out as much as you can. And that's greatly appreciated. And honestly, as, as we get older, we can see, you know, from other companies or other people, like, who is really making a real effort or if they're really all talk. Like, are you just saying it just because you want to post a, a black square on your Instagram page? Or mm-hmm. are you really about it? You know, and. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I kind of wanted to start this podcast with us three, too, is because we're three Southside guys, three minority minorities from, from Chicago, and we also have a voice. And to be able to put out content and, and just I help out wherever I can. If anyone has questions and stuff, like I'm not 
a huge radio media person, but whenever I could help someone that has a question about a microphone or a setup or how to record this, how to record that, you help them out. That's and the absolutely. thing, the, the thing is too, you're going to have to pay attention and how the media is going to talk about this. Um, because there's definitely going to be certain people that are just going to be bullshitting and not really yeah. talking about the real part of the story. Like, did you guys hear Hub Arkish? Yeah, I was listening to it uh, live, actually. I was in the car. Um, pretty disappointing. Not super surprising. Um, but I think two things. I think Hub's had a way of kind of doing and saying crazy nonsense for a long time. So I don't really put a lot of stock in what his opinion is, but I also think he might've got caught with his pants down a little bit. Um, You know, they had a scheduled, you know, scheduled interview with him and it it very, unless he is just like really a shitty dude, it really didn't sound like he knew much about the situation. So yeah, maybe giving him, I may be giving him too much of the benefit of the doubt, but the way that he kind of talked and laughed at some of these questions that Speaks and, and Parkins, who I think did a good job of trying to offer as much context as they could, and he was still kind of giggling about it. It just was pretty tone deaf, and you know, I, it rubbed me the wrong way for sure. Um, but you know, this is the way that it happens behind closed doors a lot of times, and sometimes, like I mentioned earlier. This shit happens on Broadway right in front of everybody's face and we kind of move on. So I was happy to see Twitter kind of going off on him because, you know, there's at some point we can't let shit like this slide, you know? I mean, to to give all facts and I'm I'm a big proponent of listening to every side of, of, of stories whenever they come out with the Hubarker stuff. He, at the beginning of when they started giving him the, when they started asking about the Brian Flores stuff, he did say he has not read the lawsuit yet. So, a lot of the questions he was asking was just him, his instant reaction, like maybe he's he didn't read all the facts that that Lee's pointed out to us earlier, right? So I just want to put that out there because I, I don't I don't like it when when you don't address both sides or you don't at least like spit out everything that is out in public and then like you get you get labeled as like, Oh well you, you guys are just you guys are just uh, making all this noise for the sake of just making noise when at least personally, yeah, we're not my trying end. to. <laughs> I'm not trying. We're not trying to put out some yeah, no. one-sided things. Listen, man, this isn't a fucking clickbait podcast. Like we're just no. going to keep it real. Like, right. I don't. I don't need your clicks. I don't need your spins. We do this because we like it and right. we have fun with it. And there's fun shit to talk about. Unfortunately, today is not a fun day because of nonsense that has gone on forever. But my big takeaway, and I forgot to mention it, and I know Lee's wants to jump in, is. If you don't know all the facts and you're reacting like that in the moment, that's how you ha- that's how you act behind closed doors and nobody's watching. It's true. Like if you're going to laugh about this shit and call the Colin Kaepernick situation a publicity stunt, like that's what you're saying to your homies because you don't feel like you're doing anything wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the scary part, which is why I'm not happy with how it went. Like we could state the facts and maybe he didn't hear about it. Maybe he didn't read about it. But you certainly don't reply to shit like that on yeah. live radio. Some of his answers. Unless really that's a conversation is happening in other places. And you're 100% right because that's the reason I wanted to bring it up. If a person is willing to say stuff like that on the air, what the fuck are they saying behind closed doors? Um, yeah. And it and that's that's the reason I brought up 
make sure to pay attention who you're taking bits and pieces from this story about, because I guarantee you there's going to be people at the NFL network that are going to try to sugarcoat it because they're going to be wearing the shield and doing whatever they have to do to be able to make sure that everything looks hunky dory inside the NFL. They're trying to save their own jobs. Exactly. That's crazy pressure too. But like I already tweeted, that was the first thing I tweeted. I'm like, I would encourage people who want to know the truth and unbiased reporting to not watch NFL Network about it. Like, I remember how NBA TV covered the 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 Steve Ballmer stuff, and they have a crew that's very diverse. That's pretty tough, man. Like, those conversations get harder and harder. So I agree with you. If he's going to say that, you know, talk about that on live radio in that manner, unprepared, not really know. Like you could deflect every question and just be like, yeah, yeah man, I can't put my name on this because I haven't really read anything. So, you know, it sounds like a, a an interesting story. Let me Gonna have to get, read up on get it. in the lab and kind of elaborate. Yep. A hundred percent. You want to get all the facts, but when someone's bringing you certain, certain parts of this story are just so blatantly over the top racist that I, I feel like you don't even need to, <laughs> Like watch and see all the facts, you know, and, and, because- and you could react and just finish it off with again. I have to read it for myself, but my instant reaction from what you're telling me is blank, 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 blank. But yeah, and it sucks. It sucks because this is where that's the reason I wanted to read the lawsuit myself until it got to legal jargon. So I got like 45 pages deep of the 58 page um, lawsuit. And it was very interesting because they give specific examples. Um, I do believe that there are going to be other coaches that are going to be part of this class action lawsuit because they do go into specifics. And I think that they're, that's going to grow with other people bringing up their own interviews, their own bullshit shame interviews that they've gone through because it can't just be one person that's going through it. So I, this is just the beginning of it. Um, so I, I honestly think that this is going to be a story that is going to be dragging along for a while. Um, and I actually personally think it kicks ass that it's part of the first week of the hysteria that is the Super Bowl because it shines a light on it. And... Yeah, you 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 saw all the Twitter bots, guys. You I know you guys go on Twitter just as much as I do, if not more. You you click on any of these links, and you have people that are defending the other side, right? How is it racist? How is it racist? And I actually saw tweets. Well, they didn't say anything with the N word, so how is it racist? What? Like you don't have to specifically do it. Your yeah, actions. The, the Twitter robots are hilarious, <laughs> man. One of the replies I saw was maybe try being a better coach. It's like, what? (laughs) He was so wrong, bro. Like, what is going on? That's so crazy to me. Yeah, Yeah. I I hope you know how, like Lee said, this is this is the lead up to the Super Bowl stuff. We all see what kind of media coverage that the Super Bowl gets. You get the people in crazy dresses asking the most random questions. But I do hope that the journalists and and, and, and it, it even attracts even people that outside that cover sports to just cover you know just news in general are there asking the players because maybe it is a bit unfair to ask these players what their opinion is on that kind of stuff but 
it does shine a light. It does give a bigger platform for them to even if, even if the question's out there, you want that because you want that attention to be pointed back to the league and see what kind of pressure, you know, the media and also the players that do cho- cho- choose to voice their opinion, what kind of pressure they're putting on the league to do something about equality in, in, in the with ownership, with with the coaches, with with GMs, with everything. And I actually want to backtrack. You guys remember um, the last couple of weeks of the season, they kept asking Bill Belichick if he had any New Year's resolutions. I think he didn't say anything because he was planning this the whole time. Back to the fucking conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> I just Please, you are up. hilarious, bro. <laughs> I, I got to try to lighten this shit up a little bit, you know? I appreciate <laughs> it, man. I really do because oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't ask me questions about my personal life. I got. He's like, I got some plans, but I can't I got talk plans. about it. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I wanted to say this to you guys on here. Like, I'm glad that we didn't try and pretend that today we could just talk about the Bears and the Bulls beating the Magic, which did happen. Even though Dunk, uh, Dashing Donut has lost for a record now three. Duncan races in a row, but we could save that for another podcast. I just, you know, I think for us, it it's important to have these conversations, especially when, you know, a lot of our homies are listening to this and these aren't conversations. I don't know about you guys, but I don't have these conversations a ton. Um, I have them with, you know, some of my really close friends, which I appreciate, but you know, it, it's important to talk about this shit because it's only good for us. Um, it, it's like therapy. You know, I, I kind of bottle it up sometimes and it's just nice to talk about it with people that understand and like really, you know, try and see the bigger picture as well. Cause these conversations aren't happening in those boardrooms and places like that. So, you know, it's just like a, a pat on the back for ourselves. Cause a lot of people run from conversations like this and I used to, and I'm guilty of it. So I'm glad we didn't try and pretend this was just going to be a normal podcast day. We, we should just, Pretending it was normal and just started with the Ryan Poles uh, speech where we're gonna we're gonna take over the North and we're never gonna give it back. But, <laughs> fuck yeah! And it, fuck, it fucking best. sucks because that that made me hype honestly. And I, it, what press conference have you had from the Chicago Bears where you leave a little bit more confident? How long has it been? So it's like uh, pretty long. Ever all all of our lives. <laughs> So that was cool, but it, there's just some things that are more important than fandom, right? And it's it's this is a sports podcast, but at the end of the day, uh, like Edgar said, we're three guys that grew up on the south side of Chicago. We've seen shit that probably like ninety percent of people out outside the outside of Chicago have never seen, you know. So just just take the blue line or the red line some nights, and you'll be able to see it. It's rough out here, man, but. <laughs> Don't, don't accidentally end up on the green line unless you want to see something too. Sheesh. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I guess all we can do, maybe not all we can do, but we, we what we can do for now is to not get discouraged by by stories like this, right? D- don't let them affect you too much. You still want to bring attention to them. You still want to address them, but I don't, I don't want stories like this to discourage anyone from, from not working as hard. And yeah, we may have to work, like you said, at least 130% harder than our counterparts but 
let's fucking do it. Let's, 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 I'm, I'm down. I've been doing this shit my entire career, whether I was a fucking rental car agent at Avis budget group, shout out Avis budget group, or I was, you know, starting <laughs> out freelancing in TV when I didn't have a fucking clue how to work in television. But guess what? I showed up every day, looked around, worked hard and fucking learned. And they got me to the position where I am now, but I don't want this stuff to discourage anyone. I don't want anyone to just feel like, fuck man, I'm doing all this work for what? Like it's, it's, it's not working. Someone's going to see that hard work, whether it's the person that whether it's the company or the organization that you're with now, if they don't see it, someone will see it. Don't get don't get discouraged if you don't think your hard work is leading is is leading you anywhere, because it will. It will. Someone's going to see it. Someone's going to help you along. And it's like I said, once you do get pulled up, once you do get an opportunity, make sure you keep an eye out for other talented individuals that may be where you were, because if, if, if anything, maybe we can make it a little bit easier for someone else. Yeah, man, that's the main goal here. I mean, like we all we all have to work hard. We all have to do our shit to to get the things that we want. It's really just about you know being empathetic and you know these conversations help me when I feel like I get an email from someone that's like trying to get a networking opportunity, trying to you know like those those moments for me supersede what I do on a day to day because I am one of those people that needed someone to take an extra look or, or talk to someone and say, yeah, maybe he does deserve it. Like, you know, those conversations become easier when you pull, like you said, that quote from Lawrence, like as you're climbing, make sure you're pulling people up. That's what it's all about. So I, I'm glad that we get to talk about it openly because like I said, these conversations don't happen. You know, I didn't have this conversation with my professor in college. I would have never known. I, I just was someone that, you know, outgoing, uh, open free spirit that you know i could talk to a wall (laughs) you know like (laughs) i I did a lot of this networking stuff learning on the fly just like you said you know you didn't have training before but you 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 made an opportunity out of taking a look around and learning on your on your own asking questions when you need to ask like all those things are much more important than you know what is e e e equals mc squared like that hasn't done anything for me go out and talk to people go out and make a name for yourself because you deserve it like that's what we should have been learning. Uh, I didn't learn shit in college, man. I played baseball. <laughs> Shout out Lewis University. Hey. They hooked me up with the uh, they they hooked me up with the diploma after I wrote a bunch of long ass papers. So, um, yeah, but th- that's that's what we really need. Just have more conversations. I think it helps. Yeah, that's that's something I'm learning now. If if I'm being completely honest, because uh, I I didn't go to a college, right? I didn't go to a major university or or, or take courses like that. I I went to essentially in the center for broadcasting is just like a, a, a trade school for media. <laughs> you know, you just learn the basis and you get out there. But when I first got into it, I was, it was more just, you know, put my head down and work because that's, that's the kind of work style that, that I learned growing up was you got a job, you go do that job. And it helped me in a sense of, 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 of learning and adapting and, and seeing what else I could add to my skill set. But what I lacked was, the networking, the communication part of things, the 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 the, the politics of, of 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 using those opportunities and parlaying them into something else, and I'm learning that now. And unfortunately, I always feel like I'm fucking, you know, three four years behind because this is shit that I should have realized. You know, every time I I realize something, it's something like fuck. I could have used that like three years ago. <laughs> and I mean, it just goes through. You said bowling, like we just got to do a better job of educating and, and and communicating with people the talented when we see that talent just talk to them and see hey man like you know 
I see you do a good job with this. What do you plan on doing with that? You know, and I'm I'm learning that now, and it's, it's a big eye opener. If I'm being honest, yeah, and it sucks because it's it's something that you just kind of have to learn by doing, unfortunately, right? Yeah. And it's that's the extra 130 percent that I was talking about, in which this is something that certain people don't have to do. They already have it built in into their lives, however it may be. Um, this is something where we have to go out, reach out to people, whether it be via email, via Twitter. Sometimes people make connections that way, um, DMing people, things of that nature. And we, we learned that by doing it. We had to go out. We had to do the road work. We had to make sure we spoke to people so that we can continue to move forward. Um, I love the every time you climb pull up, pull people up with you. Um, that's something that I, I've tried to strive for in my professional uh, career outside of um, podcasting and whatnot. It's something that I, I really try to do. Um, I mean, I've even like Edgar, I've told you before, like I'll try, you know um, it's, it's something that I do believe in because you do see like you see light inside of other people and you know that they'd be able to do something great and other people may not see it because they're not, they haven't been in that dark place. Like we have, you know, and it fucking sucks that we have to do this. But at the end of the day, we do have to look out for each other. We do have to try to help each other out um, con- to continue to move forward. But this is just kind of reiterates that for everyone, right? It's something that we already knew that we kind of have in the back of our brain that like bowling said, you don't really talk about this stuff, but it's everyone goes through it. Right. And we kind of go on with our lives without talking about it, but it's true. Everyone goes through it. Everyone learns. And it just, it's something that we have to get better at talking about outside in public. Um, in professional atmospheres, I would say even, but even it's going to be insanely awkward when you get to these kind of conversations, but you need to, uh, because certain people don't know that this exists. They just don't know that shit happens. And I guarantee you, there's going to be certain people that are going to look at this story and they're going to be like, I would have never thought that this happens in the NFL level. But well, for us, it's like, we're not surprised that it's happening. We're surprised that we're surprised there's a lawsuit. We're not surprised of the racism inside the NFL, right? So that's that's the thing. We have to start making it where we can talk about this shit outside in public, inside of boardrooms, inside of professional atmospheres, so that we can continue to move forward and actually make a difference as opposed to the Rooney rule that makes it a slap in the face. So obviously not the traditional... Yep, Chicago app, uh, episode where we like to just have fun, drink, and talk about sports and gamble, which is all fun and games. Uh, but you know, sometimes we do need to have conversations like this, like you just uh, like you just said, Lee. So, I mean, I, I, anybody listening, if you got to this point, we really appreciate it. And if you have any questions for me directly, you can find me at ep seven seven three underscore. Literally hit me up either you know publicly or DMS me with any question you have, anything you think I can help you out with or, or a question, I would I would help you out in any way possible that I can. Yeah, it's important. I mean, you know, we're you know signing off at this point at Mike Alex Bowling. I'm happy to have any conversations at any time. Honestly, I, I've had uh, a lot of good luck 
you know, meeting people online via DMs and turning into really special people to me in my life. So I think it's important. And, you know, I'm happy to have conversations. I used to not be in, you know, like we've all, um, you know, reiterated a bunch today. Um, these conversations are important and they need to happen more commonly. Yeah. And you guys can follow me on Twitter, Lee's922. Uh, feel free to reach out when it comes to anything like this. Um, just kind of talking about it kind of helps. It, it lets you kind of clear your chest and it lets you breathe a little bit more because you, you do see that other people are struggling with the same thing as you are. And of course you can follow the show on Twitter at yep Chicago underscore or on Instagram at yep Chicago. Uh, if you have any thoughts on this, either hit us up or you could just leave us a message also at three, one, two, nine, eight, five, six, zero, zero, six. Guys, I'm really glad we had this, this, uh, this conversation, this episode, where we could kind of air out our thoughts on this and, and how we think we could, you know, at least chip away at the problem. You know, we're, we're all making an effort, but every day that we actually try something, every person we help, every conversation we have with anybody that has a question is is one step forward. And um, I kind of feel like this was like the after school special episode of the Yak where we got a little bit serious. Um, <laughs> like, those, it kind of does reason. feel like that, right? But I, I just want to hug, day, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to want to hug, a, also, guys. Jesus, fuck. at the it's end of the day, we're not giving up the fucking north, all right? <laughs> we are not giving the north back, baby. More Shout out the, Ryan Poles. He won the press conference. More on Ryan Bowles and everything on the next episode of EF Chicago for for Mike Bowling. For Alicia Corral. My name is Edgar Perez. We'll see you next time. Don't use my government name like that.